2: Hey everyone, Matt Beamer here alongside Preston Lude for In the Marvel's Weekly Racing Podcast. Even though the NASCAR season's over, we're still with you throughout the off-season to bring you a little bit of racing to try to fix that itch that everyone's feeling right now. I know myself, I'm feeling it ever since the checkered flag at Phoenix. But man, it's good to be here. If you're joining us from the Unhinged Sports Network, welcome. We are thankful that you're here. And if you're joining us on our, regularly, on our regular podcast platform, we appreciate it as well. Just so happy that you guys are joining us every weekend, week out for the best that we can bring you in the world of auto racing. But As every episode starts off, Preston, how's it going? How's the family? How's work? How's life?
1: I have the need. Uh Uh-oh. The need for speed, baby. little
2: Top Gun action (laughs) there, man. I wish Uh, I I I had Danger Zone lined up.
1: (laughs) One of my favorite all-time movies, one of them. Yeah,
2: absolutely of what it is.
1: But, you know, it's a classic. But, hey, everything's good. Good, man. Things are great. Uh, It's weird not having NASCAR in our lives, but Formula One is still kind of in our lives over the weekend.
2: Formula One, and we'll get more into it. is the season's over
1: yeah the season's exactly over we'll get is, more we'll yeah, get more right. into that but you're right man, I, I, my season for formula one's not over though oh, for, as far as xbox goes that's good
2: <laughs> at, at least you still have that i still have iRacing
1: yeah i'm but, still working on the monthly event i was telling you before it's i oh the monthly event is at the circuit of the americas this month so oh, nice uh the i'll run you through what it is real quick so it's the event is you are driving as Lando Norris in the 2019 Grand Prix and you have to finish seventh or better, which in all reality, you can only finish seventh because right. Ricardo was in sixth and he's like way up there, but you have like, it's like six laps to go. You take over like six laps to go. You're like five seconds back of Carlos Sainz. It's uh yeah, I raced it like probably like 10 or 15 times today. Right. Okay. I just spent a couple hours on it. So I'm trying to get it down. You know, I told you it took ABS off, took uh, traction control off, and playing around with it before I switched back over to manual shifting. Right. So it's uh it's really is a chore to be honest. Okay, like, I, I find it to be very hard. I have to really focus when I'm racing. So
2: you should focus anyway when you're racing.
1: Well, I mean, I really have to fo- focus. I was trying to, <laughs> I was talking to my brother today on the Xbox. We were talking about a couple things, and like I couldn't focus while I was racing. I was just like, I had to, I had to stop while I was talking to him. I couldn't do it. I have to have it like. Just I have my headset on and I have to crank it all the way up so I just hear nothing but the engine. Right. And everything else going around. I just oh, have yeah. to be focused. I'm sure you do. So I'm in the top twenty seven percent right now in that's, the world. Hey, so. that's
2: good. Out of how many?
1: I can't remember how many people, but it says top twenty seven percent and my rank right now is like one thousand one hundred. So I don't know what that that's probably like well. It's still over. not bad. Yeah. So working on it.
2: Absolutely work on it, man. But that's awesome. Well, I had an eventful week off after Charlie left, which was great having him. Thank you again, for Charlie, for being here on the show. I'm hearing a lot of good reviews based off of that. It was a lot of fun having him. I got my hunting license. I don't know if I told you or anybody this, but or that listens to the show other than a few handful of people. I got my hunting license, so I went out hunting for the first time this weekend with my wife's brother, Earl.
1: I did see a picture of it. Yeah. I yeah. think Caroline might have posted it
2: we went out in the morning and i saw nothing there was no deer whatsoever
1: what time did you go out
2: i think we got there at the land about a quarter till six six o'clock in the tree stand for maybe two and a half three hours
1: i thought people usually go hunting like really early in the morning
2: that was really early six o'clock yeah six o'clock about that time
1: okay i know i don't know some people i've always seen go at like three and four in the morning and just wait all morning
2: yeah i'm I'm sure you can go anytime you want but
1: i don't know i know that's the time we
2: yeah that's the time we chose to trust me i don't either (laughs) (laughs) so we went out there and didn't see anything in the morning we then you know said okay let's go eat breakfast and come back and mark some trees for cutting and stuff like that and then go out and walk around so we walked around and i saw this big buck and I'm not. I'm not trying to exaggerate because I know it was like when fishermen fish, like the fish was this big, or the bug is like it was this big. No, this was a decent sized, good first kill. And I we stalked it, and it was gone. And we even tried to, you know, what's it called? Where I don't even know what it's called. We just <laughs> get it out. We try. <laughs> we tried to get it out. It didn't work. So then we went back home. Rested for a few hours and then went back again. And Earl brought his son, my nephew, with him to go hunt. That was the picture of my yeah. nephew and brother-in-law and myself. We then went out and he put me up in a deer stand where you could see deer. And I was up there for maybe an hour and a half and I finally saw some. Some was starting to come around. And
1: just, oh. <laughs> I was
2: like, okay. It's a long shot, but I, think, I know I can make it. I line up and I saw this really big doe. They were doe.
1: Oh, Female okay. deers.
2: So. Yeah. So I, I line up the shot and I'm thinking, okay, there were like three doe out there one really decently sized one and two medium sized ones. I said, I want the big one.
1: I'm yeah, gonna, of course you want the biggest I'm one. I'm going to go after the
2: biggest one I can get. And I line up the doe and I'm ready to, and I breathe in and do everything and click off the safety. Fingers on the trigger. <laughs> I'm squeezing the trigger as I was taught so many times on the Marine Corps rifle range. Just squeezing the trigger. Just then, and and their land is set up by road with an intersection. Oh. just then, this redneck decided, oh hey, I'm gonna hit my gas really loud so my exhaust can go loud so everybody within a ten mile radius can hear me running my truck. The deer looked up, looked around, and ran. Damn,
1: that's uh, that's unfortunate.
2: And I said, okay. That's just one of those things. Some more deer came coming down, and I said, all right, I'm going to drop something today. Then I saw, and they weren't big, and I was like, they look kind of young. And I was like, I don't know if I want to shoot little baby deer, like maybe just a year or two old. It's like, I don't want to shoot that. Shoot little bambies. Yeah, I just shoot little bambies. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but then I saw four more, like two came out, and then four more came out, and they were really little, like maybe like a year or or two a year old and i thought man i'm gonna shoot a little baby deer like that so yeah
1: you don't wanna do that
2: so i want to go for the bucks i want to go for the trophy yeah animals. you want the ones that you see like uh yeah, I wanna, at work i want to mount it on the wall
1: yeah and you can show everybody every time you go, well, you're talk about like mounting at your house yeah i'm gonna mount it at my
2: house and when i'm and i want to mount it like coming into the house and then call that bucks row
1: You got a mouse, like, when you walk in the door, it's right there.
2: Yeah, that's right. I want to shoot a bear, too. I want to hunt a bear and stuff it to where when you walk in, it's, like, looking like it's going to attack you. Oh, nice. And people go, oh, it's like, oh, no, it's okay. I shot it. It's dead. Yeah. But it'll be fun. (laughs) But that was my first. I can see it
1: now. I can see it now. Yeah, that was my
2: first hunting experience, man. Um, Not necessarily what I wanted. I was wanting the buck, but I've apparently, based on what Earl and... Carolina and everybody was saying those are tough to come by but uh, I I, I, think it might come to the point where it's like sorry doe you're going I'm sure
1: it will come to that point
2: yeah I mean I I don't want to just I want to hunt I don't want to just shoot animals you know I think there's a difference between just having that power to shoot animals which I'm fine with I'm all about it I obviously do it but there's a difference between hunting and baiting animals in and doing and you know, just shooting animals just because you can. Right. I want to hunt the animal. <laughs> At the thrill of the hunt. It's the thrill of the hunt. And <laughs> it was very relaxing, man. I, I encourage everybody to do it. I think you should do it. I think it would relax you a little.
1: I used to go fishing a decent amount. That was always relaxing, too. Yeah,
2: but, yeah, you have to be quiet hunting. I don't think I said a word in three hours, which is... Well, I
1: think that's the relaxing part about it, too, is just when you go, you know, out hunting, it's just... You're out there in nature and usually it's very nice and quiet.
2: Yeah, it was very nice. It was so much fun to just sit out there and when we went out there in the morning it was raining and it was just relaxing and fun. It was just so much so peaceful, man.
1: That's just, that's why so I kind of when you say that it would be relaxing, I kinda of related to also when I well uh, the few times that I've gone on a vacation out to Arkansas. I mean out there to visit my wife's uh biological father, it's just nice and qu- the 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 town that they live in is just really quiet out there. Yeah. They just live like almost out in the middle of like I mean there's like a it's like a subdivision, but it's just nothing but openness. Yeah. And no trees around for miles, just nice and quiet. Yeah. You sit out there at night and it's just I'm just like, man, like this is great. Yeah know? and
2: that's the way Caroline's house is where she grew up. It's quiet. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere, needless to say when i first went to go see her i was coming from mooresville so i took a 77 all the way down she said get off on this exit and i did and i'm going down this dark road (laughs) it's like man where does this woman live i went all the way down and then she called me i called her and said i don't know i'm at the t intersection i think i went too far she said she asked if i saw a church i said yeah i said no yeah you went way too far
1: Uh, oh how far
2: not, oh, not 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 far. Oh, not far, but after driving all that way, it's like this is an eternity, man. I, were
1: you thinking that entire time? You were like, this woman's trying to get me killed. No, <laughs> she's leading me on. <laughs> no, hoping I get lost.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you did it because, well, who would bring you into Marvels every week?
1: You're right. <laughs> no one, man. <laughs> going but, down a dark road, not knowing where you're going. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't was. doesn't feel right. <laughs> well,
2: it felt fine. I I trusted her enough to. And that was the first time I met her parents. It's actually, I think, 12 years ago. Wow. Next week. Oh. That I first met her parents. Yeah. That's awesome. Whole month of December or November here, man. It's a good month. Yeah. But I'm glad everything's going well. Hope everything's going well for everybody out there in the Marbles Nation and whether you're on the Unhinged Sports Network or on the regular podcast platform. I hope everybody's doing well. COVID's almost over. 2020's almost over. People are already putting up Christmas lights, man. It's crazy. Yep. But we got some a little bit of news to cover, and what we're going to do this show, we'll get more into it, but uh, is talk about our NASCAR's year in review. I've been looking forward to this for a while. We'll give you the rundown on that. But first things first, the news of auto racing. So let's get into it. All right, Impressant has the only news article here that, I've been able to see I, I didn't really find anything. I found this, but I didn't think really think it was like news newsworthy. But
1: what did you find?
2: The John Hunter Nemacheck story.
1: Oh yeah, 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 That's a good one. Well we can it, cover we, that it, one is, first. Is it
2: John Hunter Niemichek? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, John Hunter Nemechek. Well, I thought I was the front it, row. Yeah. I
2: mm-hmm. thought it was Jeb burden
1: Uh Jeb there is another one about Jeb okay, Burton as well. So there's
2: two of them, okay. Yes. So lead us down. Which one you want to do first?
1: Uh, let's talk about John Hunter Nemechek a little bit. Let's
2: talk about him. So what do you got, buddy?
1: So John Hunter Nemechek is has informed Front Row Motorsports that he's not returning next year, which is caught a lot of people by surprise. To be honest, yeah. I don't know about you, but it caught me by surprise. I he didn't he, in his rookie season. He didn't do too bad.
2: No, he was he was up there a good amount of times there. But he for the. For the equipment that he had.
1: Yeah, exactly. Him, I mean, between him and uh, Michael McDowell, I mean, that was a good season for front row yeah. probably in a while. So. I like Michael McDowell. Yeah, he's a good driver. Um, But John Hunter Nimchuk is, he hasn't revealed what he's going to do next year yet. He said it's going to come out on a later date to let everybody know, but it still caught every. I thought at first that the team was the one that was parting ways with him, but then it came out that he informed them that he was not going to come back right. next season, so maybe he's got something in the works already who knows yeah i guess that's the i don't know we just have to wait and see now
2: <laughs> yeah we will and then um i saw jeb bro uh jeb burdens going to Clorig racing. racing college racing sorry
1: yeah. and the xfinity series next yep. year right the full schedule
2: i guess he's taking uh ross Justine. Chastain spot yeah that's good
1: so the video came out uh i think it was today today, which we were recording on a Monday. I believe it was today. I saw the video, and he was very caught up by surprise when they were at the meeting, and they said, hey, we're signing you 33 races. I'm assuming that's how many races the Xfinity schedule is, but they said 33 races, and he was just, you know, he's like, are you kidding me? Like, are you serious? And then his dad, his dad, Wardburn, was there, and uh, he was just like, you guys are going to make me cry, and I thought it was pretty good. No,
2: that's awesome. I think
1: it's awesome. Oh,
2: and another piece of news that's securing up a spot daniel hemrick signed yes. with joe gibbs racing in that 18 car for the xfinity series for 2021 and i like that i think he should have stayed in the cup series he was rookie of the year in 2019 i think he could have been done more in the cup series he haven't given him the chance i think richard childress was stupid to let him go but richard childress his loss is joe gibbs gain yeah i think it's because a good- eventually denny hamlin's gonna retire yep and I can't wait to see Daniel Hemrick in a Joe Gibbs cup car whooping Richard Childress all over the could, track. This
1: could be a blessing in disguise.
2: No, this is great. I'm I'm happy for Daniel Hemrick because yeah. I've just a good good dude, you know. And I I wish him the best of luck. I wish everybody the best of luck here in their new rides, but
1: I'm I'm definitely curious to see what he's gonna do next season in Joe Gibbs equipment. I think it's gonna be awesome. Um but I was talking to you before the show about it uh, as far as Denny Hamlin goes since you just uh, mentioned him. Yep. And we know of the 23xi Racing coming up next year and Bubba Wallace is going to be running for him. right? The blueprints were revealed for the shop. Okay. And somebody broke it down. I found a video of it and they had broken it down to it looks like maybe they're planning expanding in the near future. Maybe they're going to be around for quite some time because the blueprints showed – um, as far as the entrance to the shop, there's uh, four spots for show cars. Okay. And then towards, you know, the back end of the shop, you have all the offices and apparently all, there were four offices all labeled for crew chief. Ooh. So, yeah. And then somebody, they also said that there's a spot for four different haulers as well. So maybe 23 XI is hoping to kind of expand at some point.
2: I think that would be great. Not only they're going to be Toyota, and yeah. but Denny Hamlin stated that they're not going to be a Joe Gibbs team. Like, as I far think NASCAR as, was investigating into as, that too. As far as we're not just going to be an extension of them, we don't want to be an extension of them, and I don't blame them. But get to Joe Gibbs equipment, definitely. I dare say, if another manufacturer comes in, twenty three XI.
1: Yeah, I think I I thought I think there was rumors that NASCAR wanted to. Do a little bit of investigating behind that to make sure that they weren't going to be almost like a fifth team for Joe Gibbs. But, I mean, I don't think they want to.
2: Well, you could look at it like this. When Truex was racing with Furniture Row, that was a fifth team for Gibbs. Yep. And they, they quickly, went out
1: and won a championship.
2: Yeah, they Joe Gibbs quickly said, no, no more of that.
1: Yeah, but, <laughs> they got that shut down real quick. No, yeah, so. we're shutting
2: you down and we're bringing Truex over and bringing <laughs> yeah, everybody so. over.
1: Hey, I mean, we'll see. It's, I just—it's good to see a new team in NASCAR, and uh, we also have a little bit of Gen Seven testing going on this week as yep, well. At the I Road saw Bowl. that as well. Uh, I haven't really—I don't really see a whole lot to really get a good understanding. I just saw clips here and there on Twitter. I think it will be
2: more telling once we see cars on the track and practice session at Daytona Speed Weeks in 2022. Right. I mean, that's I'll the only just, way we're going to be able to tell a difference.
1: Yeah, and you know.
2: Unless they did what they did for the car of tomorrow with the wing and introduce it intermediately throughout the course of 2021. I don't think they will. But they did that for the car of tomorrow. Why not do it for...
1: Yeah, I remember that season. Run, when we had- run it,
2: I think it was 2007 that they did that. And Kyle Bush won the first event in that at Bristol. But I think that would be a good way to break it in. Yeah. That and would it be. Le- it, you need real world testing when it comes to race cars. Yeah. You can't just say, okay, we've tested single car runs and then oh, let's run them out in a group of 40.
1: Yeah. Let's go. Let's, we're going to single car run a road course and then that's it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Or, you know, single car run a.
2: Why not do tire tests and then have three, four cars there yeah. at Daytona drafting. Mm-hmm. Do something like that. I don't know.
1: Oh, we- well, I'm just curious to see what, it'll, what it will bring when we get to that point in the future knowing that they're Yeah, I am too. all this, you know, the what is it? The body I think the whole body is going to be pre-built by a third party or something like that. I think that. the
2: whole chassis and body's going to be Yeah, the chassis and body off, and then they're just going to site and yeah. just going to throw dump an engine in there and their transmission and go.
1: Yeah, so I will see if this gives any kind of Help to other teams, maybe as far as trying to equal it out a little bit. I don't know. I'm be, sure there no. won't be. I'm sure the bigger teams still are gonna still going to find
2: out. Stewart Haas and Gibbs. Yeah, they're up, still going to find out ways to, front.
1: you know, I don't know, spend a lot more money.
2: Oh yeah. So we'll see. They pretty much will, but that all the news you have, buddy.
1: Yeah, that's it.
2: All right, man. Well, what we're going to go ahead and do is get into our weekend review here. Only one race the Formula One race, and we'll cover that more here after these messages from the Unhinged Sports Network, if you're on there, and a Teespring read from myself and Preston. So stick around. We're going to be right back with the Weekend Review.
1: So Matt, before we jump into our next segment, I think this is a pretty good opportunity to tell the fans that are watching at home about our new discount code for the online store that we have. Yeah, what's that, man? Well, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up, so... You know, there's not a better word to use than the discount code turkey, and that's for free shipping.
2: Oh, man. That's yeah. great.
1: So, uh, you know, everybody at home, teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. We've got what? What do we have? Hoodies. Uh, we I think you hoodies? have a case for your iPhone now. That's which right. Is we got neat. a
2: case for the iPhone right there. Yeah.
1: Thanksgiving's coming up. It's the start of the uh, the holiday season. You know how everybody is around Thanksgiving. I don't know about your family, but my family likes to look through newspapers and, you know, all the Deals for stores. Well, deals. guess what? You need to be looking online at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles and discount code turkey, get free shipping. What better way to start the holiday season than to get a hoodie, t shirt for a loved one, or for even yourself, you know? That's right. So teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles, discount code turkey, free shipping. Check it out.
2: Formula One weekend review. Yes. All right, back here with In the Marbles. We're getting ready for our weekend review. Or just Really, we should just call it a race review of the Formula 1 Turkish Grand Prix there at in, in Istanbul.
1: We could call it a weekend review because there was a lot of interesting things that happened over the weekend.
2: And I tell you what, I watched qualifying. I caught qualifying when I was at my mother-in-law's house there getting ready to be done with everything and be done with the hunt and go and eat some steaks with my brother-in-law and niece and nephew and all them. And qualifying was fun to watch.
1: Qualifying was, uh, <laughs> I have something to talk about on qualifying real quick. Uh, there, was a, there was like this meme that I came across on, uh, I think it was Instagram. And I, I, I forgot to save it, but it was, somebody said this, the top three qualifiers after everybody gets penalized for going through the double yellows for the entire session. And it was the first car, the first one was the safety car. Yep. The second one was the track sweeper, and the third one was the dog was that the was out running. So,
2: <laughs> man, how do you mess that up? Who brings a dog to the racetrack? <laughs> yeah. And then imagine saying, "Yeah, that's my dog." That's I'm my, sorry,
1: my bad. But you know, qualifying was it could have been so much worse because like you you
2: you look, really, oh God, it's so bad. You look at an animal on the track. It's like you don't want it to get hit, but at the same time, you're like. What, what happens? Would that, what would that look like? if A Formula look? One car at speed. Ooh, uh,
1: I, don't, I don't even want to uh, think about I it. I mean, like, it could be something
2: just... like a, a rodent or something. Like we'll just say a rat. Ooh, yikes! It would just explode that little rat. You know? I you mean, imagine
1: them watching on TV and going so fast, and you just you catch this like just this pink mist. Yeah, and, <laughs> and oh my gosh, <laughs> what is what happened? <laughs> that would be so
2: horrible to just witness. Because I remember watching qualifying for the Daytona Five Hundred. I think it was two thousand three. And Michael Waltrip hit a seagull.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, and, think and, I remember that. And like,
2: yeah, like he was coming across the start finish line, finishing it off. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's almost like the uh, it just exploded, like when Randy Johnson was pitching from the mound and he hit the bird. They came across. Dude. What are the odds of that? That was yeah. crazy
2: too when Randy <laughs> Johnson hit the bird. But
1: yeah, man, that was a that was a crazy qualifying. I watched qualifying, qualifying. So starting with Q one. After the red flag had come out, and then everybody went back out there, and, like, it was so crazy to watch everybody's turning faster laps and watching Hamilton's name getting bumped all the way down to 14th. And I was like, oh, man, this is, uh he might not make it out of Q1, and then he, he still made it through, and I was just like, ah, all right, well, never mind then, but it was pretty interesting. Q1 was...
2: Q1, Q2, and Q3 were all interesting because yeah. I, I think I've said it before on the show, Grain is a great equalizer in Formula 1. And Max it,
1: Verstappen was in his element.
2: Well, gonna, at least for that. I, I'm going to sh- slow you down on that one because he obviously didn't show it during the race. Not
1: during the race, but on qualifying. And- but, man, I tell
2: you, the qualifying was fun to watch, and Perez getting the pole was awesome. Stroll. Thank you.
1: Stroll got pole. Perez was third.
2: Okay. My bad.
1: So, yeah, it's okay. Racing point.
2: And and for staffing was second. Yes. Okay. I don't have those in my notes. Just heads up. But the race started. First of all, you can't take it away from Lewis Hamilton tying Michael Schumacher's record of seven championships. Awesome. Congratulations. It was fun watching Schumacher do it, but it feels different with Hamilton doing it. And if you go back a few episodes, listen to F1 Rant. You'll see I'm not a big fan of Lewis Hamilton. If you're a constant listener to the show, you'll see that I'm not a big Lewis Hamilton fan. In fact, I was talking to a few guys from Unhinged, and they said, hey, you should bring Lewis Hamilton on. I said, that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> that wouldn't be a good idea at all. Now, if he reaches out to us and says, can I be on In the Marbles? I'm like, sure.
1: I mean, I would like... W- I'd be okay with him on. I'd- yeah, I'd be okay I with would love to too. rack his brain a little bit and just talk to him. Yeah. No.
2: Okay. No. Anyway, we're just going to move on. I would like to have him on, but in my mindset right now of being of liking to root against him and i shouldn't say i like rooting against him being in the position that we are a network talking about racing you should be kind of unbiased but i can't i don't like him
1: (laughs) well hey you know we all have that one person i guess
2: no we do but winning his seventh championship that's awesome i saw an interview with michael schumacher about talking to him about his seven championships and Would you be okay, and somebody asked him, would you be okay with somebody breaking it, like Lewis Hamilton? He said, yeah, records were meant to be broken, and the best person out there right now is Lewis Hamilton to do it. And he didn't break the record, he tied the record. Yeah. Big difference. But I I expect him to go back and re-sign with Mercedes here by the end of the year and drive on for that eighth championship. Now, I dare say maybe after the eighth, retire.
1: Yeah, I think he – I I don't don't, know. I don't
2: know. I don't know. There's no sign. We said it last week with Charlie. There's no sign of him stopping or slowing down whatsoever.
1: I don't – you know, honestly, I think I can kind of disagree with that. I don't know. To me, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, but I kind of see him as the kind of person that if he does go out there and come back and go for eight and he does get it, I think that's it. I think think he might be near the end of just kind of hanging out after that. But, I mean, the race overall was – I mean, to me, it was a good start. Stroll on pole, and he got out there. And, I mean, between him and Perez, that was it. I mean, Racing Point was gone for, like, the first, like, 15 laps. And yeah, I thought it was looking great. Hamilton was, I mean, he got up to, like, fourth. Botas spun out, which was unfortunate.
2: Yeah, Botas spun out a lot throughout well, the course of the yeah, race. Yeah, he
1: had a very, very rough day, especially at the start there. And then just, wow, it was, I don't know, everybody just seemed like the guys that were doing decent. Went south. for Stappen, it went south for him as well. Right. Lance Stroll, everything really went south after they had to make the pit stop, and he was not very happy as well. And, I mean, I guess the track was just drying up, but I just couldn't believe it how Lewis Hamilton was on tires for over 30 laps on enters. And, I mean, he was gone. And he was like, we're not going to pit. They wanted to box him, but he was like, nah, we're good. And he won the race.
2: Yeah. I
1: got to say, man.
2: And I, I will say this. It wasn't a dud for me. It, okay. was, it was okay.
1: Okay, well, that's all yeah, right.
2: Only because I thought it would be a little better. Ham- Hamilton and rain is oil and water. They don't mix well. This is the first time I've seen Hamilton run really well in the rain.
1: Yeah, that's what I was or really in, shocked in about. In
2: wet conditions, let's say. They were on intermediates pretty much the entire race. Yeah. But Botas spun a lot for staff and spun a lot. Very uncharacteristic of both of those drivers to do that. And your podium: Hamilton, Perez, and Vettel. Finally, some wind in the sails there. Yes. Yeah, so, Ferrari.
1: Yeah, coming down towards the end. So uh, Leclerc had passed Perez because he had uh, he had a little bit of a mishap there on the final lap, and then Leclerc locked it up, <laughs> locked it up with about two turns to go, and Perez got by, and then Vettel got by too. So that was good. But I think the problem w- with a uh, those guys spinning out was I know that there was a lot of complaints about the track just being resurfaced. Very recently. Right. And I think that between that with the combination of the, you know, the rain and everything did not go very well. Because we saw it in qualifying as well. There was a lot of, there were a lot of yellow flags in qualifying. So.
0: Yeah,
2: there were.
1: But, you know, hey, it is what it is. I thought it was, I thought it was a good race. It was okay. I thought it was pretty cool to see Lewis Hamilton, even though it was. Yeah, he won. Lock up his seventh championship, but I was. I don't know,
2: but I mean, I am going to say this: he won by thirty-one point six three three seconds.
1: Yeah, like I said, I mean, he.
2: If you call Formula One racing, I don't know what you're watching, and you could pick any. You could pick a lot of NASCAR races like that. that. Is like, well? This guy won by twelve seconds. Yeah, but this isn't a half a second. And, I mean, you could look at it from both sides of the coin and say, I, I don't know. To me, thirty-one seconds.
1: Like I mean, like I said, I just watching that. I was just. I saw the the wear on the tires on the intermediates, and I was just like, this guy's going over 30 laps, and he's that far. I mean, he's just getting away from Perez, just getting away. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't – I mean, the track is still wet. It doesn't have a whole lot of tread in the middle of the tires anymore to move some of that water. I was just like – I was kind of in shock at first. I was like, man, how's he doing it so well? I mean, yeah. he's got to come and get another set of enters. But – it was weird how like everything just changed over. Like putting a new set of inners on didn't do anything for anybody. It seemed like the older tires were working better. Just stay on them. So that's why I guess why they said you know hey we're gonna take our chances and stay keep it.
2: You can't blame them, man. And with three races to go, who cares? They're racing for second. Yeah, since Hamilton's your champion. Then. So let's say this: you watch the Formula One races. I'll do whatever else I need to do in order to keep my sanity because. The season though, over for twenty twenty. We might as well have done a week in a year in review for Formula One, right there. Because who cares? Right. Everybody's racing for a second. Well, I don't. I don't yeah. care. I don't. I. It's boring to me now.
1: Oh, Okay. Well, so I'll keep watching. They're
2: lucky to have an okay race for me, but you know, just a heads up for not this week. They don't have a race, but next no. week, yeah. I believe,
1: mm-hmm.
2: at Bahrain.
1: Mm-hmm. They're yep. gonna,
2: you're going to have to do the r- racing review because I I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to waste my time watching a Formula One race where I know who the <laughs> winner is and who the champion is. It's bogus. It's you know,
1: and, and what's uh, interesting was when Charlie was on last week and he was talking about how the point system is so jacked up in Formula One and he thinks that right they should everybody should get a point. Thinking, you know, I was kind everybody of
2: everybody should get a point if you're racing in Formula One. In the top ten, only get points. What's there's? I, I get the point of it. It's consistency, but it's always Mercedes up there.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of was. I remember when we talked about how what we would do in Formula One, and I at first was like, oh, I'd keep the point system the way it is. But now, looking at it, I mean, why not? Why not get let everybody get a point? First place could get twenty, and last place could get one. Yeah, I think it's. I think it worked like that because it doesn't matter
2: because if you're Winning the sales full throttle forward like Mercedes is doing. Who cares if 20th gets a point? Yeah. They're not going to catch you.
1: I think I think maybe you could give an extra point to first place if they win.
2: I think that's stupid. I think the whole fastest lap thing is stupid.
1: I think that the fastest lap should stay, but it should. I mean, I think it could go for anybody. I think it's now, again, the fastest lap, you can only get an extra point if you finish inside the top 10 if you have the fastest lap. I think it should just be for anybody. Because then, at that point, what if somebody in the back is like, you know what, in last, pl- who in last place for some odd reason that is can has a car that can be fast? Let me soft.
2: let me pick a name out of the hat, Williams. <laughs> if we'll
0: just, they we'll
2: just pick a Williams,
1: uh, theoretically speaking, if they had the equipment and they were in last and it was just a, a let's say a crappy day for George Russell, and they say, hey, come in and we're going to put a, a set of softs on and we're going to go for that fastest lap, if they could do it. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why I mean, not? But, again, know. just
2: picking a name out of the hat, Williams. <laughs> yeah,
1: Williams, uh, yeah. Who has no points. No. No. As far as the team goes. So that's, uh well.
2: <laughs> oh, well.
1: A team of that caliber with a history in Formula 1.
2: But that was the race review for In the Marbles, and now we're going to get into our NASCAR 2020 year in review, and this is the way we're going to do it. We're, we're going to rate it like we did rating the races before. The five categories, memorability, excitement, unpredictability, competitiveness, and intensity. So we're using our old system of rating the races in order to rate the season. And I, I think that's a fair way to do it.
1: I think it is a, I, I, I kind of like the idea, honestly. I think it's a pretty good way to try and, why not? No, I, I, I think it's
2: great. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to go through each of these and give our case for both. And then at the end, average everything up and overall rate the season. <laughs> 10, 10 being the most memorable thing you've ever seen since sliced bread.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> or ever since like maybe
2: the 1992 season or a your formula one ran the James hunt and Nikki louder season. I think it was 76 that that happened or if it was just a dud, a uh, number one, not even worth your time, but I'm going to start off with you unless you want me to go first.
1: Uh, You can go first.
2: All right. So me- I'm starting off with memorability. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it like this. 2020 is going to be a year that nobody on Earth, whether you're a sports fan or not, whether you're a NASCAR fan or not, is not going to soon forget.
1: Yeah, I, would, I think that's safe to say.
2: It all came to a halt in March, I believe. March time frame. Everything just stopped. Sports stopped. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember talking to Brian Barnhill, who who's racing the Atlanta truck race, and saying, "What's the deal?" He said, "We're at the credential trailer. We can't get in." Ooh. And then they said, "Nope, they sent us away." And then the news flash came over on Bob from Bob Howcrass saying, "Season suspended." Mm. We didn't even know at that time were we going to get the whole race season in, or the first four races was that it. Is this season season a wash? Yeah. And NASCAR, and we've said it so many times on this show in the past few weeks, that NASCAR is the only sport to complete their season in full. Hockey couldn't do it. Basketball couldn't do it. Baseball couldn't do it. Football, I think, will be able to do it.
1: Yeah, football is. Yeah,
2: football is one of the exceptions, and college footballs had to change up their stuff. They're not even playing non-conference games; it's just SEC versus SEC, ACC versus ACC. So it is. It's totally a, a off schedule with them too. But NASCAR did it. Yeah, they sacrificed Watkins Glen, Sonoma, Chicago Land. A lot of tracks got sacrificed in this shape up introduction of. Five double headers. they Darlington coming back after the pandemic was over. Dover, Michigan, Pocono, and Charlotte for the 600 and 500 kilometer race. On top of that, the Roval. Charlotte had three races. I uh, thought
1: those races were a great segue into getting back into the season, honestly. Very much
2: so. And not on top of that, iRacing. Yeah. was a great gap filler. NASCAR was fortunate to not have this one on one. We'll just say basketball LeBron James versus another basketball player. I can't even tell you another basketball player's name. It would behoove me not to say Michael Jordan because I know he doesn't play anymore. <laughs> but just playing one-on-one and, and, and playing NBA 2K whatever, you actually got drivers. And yes, it's a video game. That people take way too seriously sometimes, trust me, I know.
1: Yes, I know too.
2: And fill that gap, that 10-week gap between the end of Phoenix and then returning back to Darlington. You know, Clint Boyer, he got bubbled at Bristol. Bubba Wallace losing his sponsorship, Blue Emu, were saying okay i quit yeah, and just leaving and just leaving mm-hmm. it was very interesting to see just the adaptability that not only the drivers and the drivers didn't have to do it but they bought the whole stuff Danny Hamlet bought this awesome rig that i wish i could have but i don't have the money to even think about buying it and and the one of the best parts about that was his daughter turning off the remote with the TV. <laughs> and he said, my screen just went back and she, uh-oh, and just ran off. <laughs> that was so much. And you look at that at the time, it's like, who cares? It's a video game. No, He didn't care. Nobody should really care about it. But NASCAR did that along with co- cooperation with Fox in order to bring us
1: something. And you know what that really did in turn is boost sales for simulation games as it is because i mean i think there was uh for a couple of weeks there you know if you were to try and go and get any kind of setup on like amazon or anything like that steering was anything i mean you were tough luck you couldn't find anything anymore people were buying it up left and right and you know? people saw it and they were like you know hey we've been missing out this entire time
2: and i will tell you this firsthand. I went to remotech.com and bought a new steering wheel, pedals, shifter, bun and box, the whole nine. And it didn't get here. I bought that in April, I believe, when I bought the computer and that didn't get there until August. Yeah. So yeah, trust me, it's uh it's it, a booming industry. But yeah. Man, and then we get into the whole Kyle Larson situation.
1: Yep.
2: During that whole pandemic thing, during the iRacing thing, drops of racial slur He's out. Matt Kenseth is in. It was great seeing Matt Kenseth race again at Darlington and at Bristol. Great seeing him do that. Him coming back, and great for him coming back in 2021 to that number five Hendrick car. Can't wait to see that. The Daytona 500 was an awesome event. Yes, it was. Ryan Newman's crash at the end. I met a lot of people there. I can't wait till 2021 in order to see them again. The Southern 500, my first race back since this whole thing started, was amazing. Met a lot of people there too, but really just focused on the race. Like I said, everything went away once the cars went by in the first hot lap. No, melt, no pandemic, no election season. It was just racing. And I was where I wanted to be during that time. The Bristol Night race opened my eyes more to what the problem is with short track racing in NASCAR right now, but I tell you that a total of five races in person, three Cup, one Xfinity, and one truck. Overall memorability for me for the 2020 season is a ten. Okay, there will be no way soon that I will forget about this season, and nor any sports fan or any NASCAR fan or any IndyCar fan will forget about this season anytime soon. And for me, overall memorability a 10 for that reason. Because one day I'm going to tell my kids about this once they hit, read about this in the history books and tell them what it was like going through this. Now I'm going to turn it over to you, Preston.
1: <laughs> wow, Memor-
2: I- memorability <laughs> for the 2020 NASCAR season.
1: <laughs> I can't top any of that. That's, uh, you did a really good job over there. Like, uh, wow. Wow. I'm not even sure what I'm going to say after I give my rating because I don't really <laughs> give it. You you just took it and ran with it. I I agree with you. The 2020 season is something we are not going to soon forget whatsoever. You know, like you said, we, when the first news broke of the season being suspended, we had a couple rate. Well, at first it was, I think it was one or two races. They said, or, you know, push back for now. And then it came out that, yeah, we're not going to be racing for a little bit. And that kind of sucked. It was a little hurtful. I was like, man, we're losing everything in this world at this point. So, um, But it was awesome to me. So I gave memorability for the season. I didn't go 10, but I gave it a 9. Okay. Because there were a couple. I mean, I look at a couple of things here and there. But, I mean, I thought, I thought it was really cool to see Darlington get two races to start when we came back. That was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty neat, uh, especially to racing during the day, which I've missed. In general.
2: The only thing about that was we weren't allowed to go.
1: Yeah, that's what sucked about that. I was really hoping that people were going to be allowed to go. But it, that's fine. You know, we still got it, which is okay. Right. I enjoyed the both Charlotte races. I thought it was pretty cool to have that 500-kilometer race. Even though it was a shorter race, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. It was like 200-something laps. Not
2: only there, but at Darlington as well. That I think it was four, 500 kilometers as well. But yeah. it was a shorter race. That was when the whole Chase Elliott flipping the bird to... Yeah, I, thought, I
1: think I think that's something that maybe NASCAR could look at in the future. I think it's, yeah. have, you know, if you were to do a doubleheader for some, you know, any other weekend other than Pocono, I mean, why not have a long race and then a short feature? I thought both that race and the one at Charlotte was great. I mean, the one at Charlotte was, I can't remember how many laps it was. It was like 200-something.
2: All I know is that uh, Chase Elliott won it.
1: I thought, I thought it was just cool to see, so I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, we had to sacrifice a couple tracks here and there, but you know what? It was all for the good of the sport to get him back and to run a full season. So I applaud NASCAR for getting full season in, like we said before. So I gave it a nine. I definitely will all right. not forget it. And I'm sure years down the road when I get old, I don't look old, but when I get old, yeah. <laughs> I will talk about it to people, and people will say the 2020 season, You know, I'm sure that will be in – books in school, I'm sure I'll hear my kids talk about it. I'll say, oh man, you know, back in 2020, I remember 2020 sports wise. (laughs) Yeah, sports wise. Everything
2: else you want to forget about, but sports wise, you you remember 2020 if you're a sports fan, most definitely. (laughs) So now we're going to go from memorability. You gave it a nine. I gave it a 10 to excitement. It started off with Daytona for me. That Ryan Newman crash to coming down to the finish him blocking. Ryan Blaney, him Blaming, turning him, however you want to look at it, that crazy flip Newman did, and Newman going to the hospital, that was crazy. But then after that, and I haven't written down here, short track racing needs work. Richmond, Martinsville, Bristol, New Hampshire, Dover, and Phoenix—the racing there, for me—and I'm not speaking for the fans, but I think I could, I think they would agree with me that. That needs work. That needs definite work in the future in order to sustain any type of model that NASCAR wants to have with short track racing. Fans want more of them back. I want to get rid of them because it's not the typical beating and banging. It's not fun anymore for me, the short tracks at NASCAR.
1: I can agree with you on that because, like you said, NASCAR wants to bring that back, and I know that they're looking at changing Fontana into a short track as well. So.
2: And I'm fine with it if the racing quality was there. But if it's yeah with the aero package or, or with anything else, just the mindset of the drivers, I feel like it's not there. I feel like it would be a waste of time trying to bring back. And we said it last week. If you try to make the excitement unnatural, it's going to show. Mm-hmm. It needs to be organic, at least for me, in order for it to go. And the drivers need to go for it. The heck with what the sponsors say. Are you a race car driver, or are you a poster boy for Discount Tire, Kozlowski? Yeah. You, you know, are a Chase Elliott? Are you a the pretty boy for Napa, or are you a race car driver? Mm-hmm. Fans can see through that. Yes, they can. And yeah, NASCAR is a multi-million dollar sport, and NASCAR needs those sponsors, and teams need those sponsors in order to keep going. But I, I think more money will come in if they say instead of just saying "have at it."
1: Yeah, that whole phrase kind of got old.
2: Because it didn't show up. Yeah. Because people were still sent to the trailer. People were still got in trouble and got their hands slapped for letting them have at it. Mm Mm-hmm. Make up your mind, NASCAR. But that needs to be fixed for sure. And NASCAR being the first sport back, doing any type of activity post-shutdown was exciting for me. Overall excitement for me for the 2020 season, a six. Okay. It could have been better, a lot better, I feel like. But they're also thankful for that we had NASCAR back and that we had that ability to watch the sport that I love back doing its thing and, and running the whole season, all three series running the whole season, crowning undisputed champions for the Truck Xfinity and Cup is awesome. And I'm excited for that and I'm happy for that more so. But overall excitement, a six for me. Preston, how would you rate the excitement on the level for a NASCAR in 2020?
1: You know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, too, rated the excitement at a six as well, which oh, is funny. Right. That's, that's funny. So, um, you know, it, it just wasn't like, I mean, you you touched on it very well. Short track racing, not there. Let's put it that way. I mean, for me, just racing at other tracks in general was just not there either. I mean, I can tie when we get later, you know, on into the other ratings of other things. I can tie a few different ones to just the championships at Phoenix alone. I mean, not just, I'm not talking truck series, I'm talking like the Cup series. I mean, that wasn't a whole lot of excitement either.
2: No, it wasn't at all.
1: Uh, There was some, like you said, Daytona race, great. Wow, what a typical Daytona. I guess you could say. Typical Typical Daytona. Daytona, blocking, crashing. Ryan Newman, that was a scary situation for me. It was watching on TV. I was just like, at first, I was like, holy crap, you know? And, and then, you know, we had to wait so long, and then they were putting up all these tarps around. And I was like, and trust uh, me,
2: nobody uh, left. Yeah. Nobody I was, like, left.
1: Watching on TV, I'm texting you. I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on over there, but <laughs> watching on TV doesn't look very good. <laughs> so you know, I think
2: we I think we waited, or at least I did, and I know a lot of people did about 15 minutes after the checkered flag f- fell. Mm hmm. And they were extricating Newman in the ambulance driving by us until we left. Yeah. It, it took a while. It took a, a good minute, but he was stuck in there for a while. But
1: I mean, between it was that and I mean, I remember my rant that I had the Hayman rant for after that when yeah. everybody was just laying it in on Denny Hamlin. And, and nobody,
2: well, nobody knew, especially Newman that I don't think even Newman knew how bad it was. Yeah. But, man, I mean, I don't know. To me, it was just one of the craziest things. It wasn't exciting. The finish was exciting, but the uh uh-oh factor, because I've been there before with Justin Wilson. It's like, "Uh uh-oh, I've seen this before.
1: Yeah, so, and, there. I mean, there's other things that I was not very fond of this year. It kind of, it was, it sucked not having practice and not having qualifying. So that didn't really add to the excitement because usually qualifying can make... Some weekends a little bit more exciting.
2: Yeah, and the practice can show everybody, at least in the – I I know I depended on practice and qualifying a lot for my fantasy picks, and it wasn't happening this time.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. Fantasy would always fall down. I would always have to watch practice. I would always be making sure I'm watching practice, just like I try to watch practice before we won, but the schedule is so hard to do that sometimes because it's really early in the morning when practice happens. Yeah. So – but, yeah, I mean – I missed the days of, I don't know why I'm saying it. I missed the days like it was years and years ago. I mean, just yeah. last year, but practice, I mean, we missed practice qualifying. And just the way NASCAR handled qualifying, which was, we're just going to do it like this and we're going to draw one through 12 from the top 12 and seeing it. And like, that's not, that's not fun.
2: No, it wasn't fun. And, and I'm, I can see it progressing into better stuff and if you want to, I don't mind doing the random one through 12 if you're in the top 12 in points. But then when the playoffs start, don't keep the playoff drivers off front. We talked about that last week. If you want to hear about it, listen to the next last yeah. week's episode yeah. with Charlie. And we went more into detail about that. But
1: and over- just, you know, and not only with fantasy, though, with practice, I mean, I know that a lot of people have said, you know, oh, what's the big deal about practice? Those drivers should know that they're they're high caliber, some of the best in the world. They should know. Yeah. And they have simulators. That's great, but simulators are not always the best. No, and I don't care if you have a Kevin Harvick out there that should know every single track practice is still practice still helps the weekend when it comes to the race because you have to get qualifying runs down, you have to get race setups in, and just and going to the track and having to base everything off of notes. I mean, I don't know, just doesn't wasn't really the most exciting of the season. Right, it definitely
2: so. wasn't, but. That's awesome, man. But overall excitement, how would you rate it? Six. Oh, yeah, you rated it the same as you. Yeah,
1: same as you, six. Okay.
2: Now we go into unpredictability. And unpredictability for me, two names. Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin dominated 2020. Dominated. Mm -hmm. Kevin Harvick with nine wins. Denny Hamlin with seven wins of the year. I can't even remember the last time a driver had nine wins in a season in the Cup Series. I think it was Jeff Gordon. If I was if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well when he won uh I don't remember was it are you talking about the same year where he won like six out of seven weeks in a row or something like something that? Something
2: like where he just dominated. I yeah. think it was like ninety four or something. Yeah, it
1: was in the nineties. It was I think it was late nineties.
2: Where where he just dominated the playoff formats was the most unpredictable that you could have. Three races elimination, three races elimination, three races elimination, final four championship. Harvick didn't make it to the Final Four. Everybody bet their money on them. A lot of people bet their money on them. Denny Hamlin makes it to the Final Four. Not even a factor. No. in In that Phoenix race. Chase Elliott comes through all that and wins the championship for 2020. He earned it. He did. But the playoff format was the reason for the amount of unpredictability there was in 2020. That was the only thing. Hamlin dominated, Harvick dominated, and for that, unpredictability for me for the 2020 season is a five. Did you look over my notes? No, you stole, if anything, you stole my notes.
1: No, I did not.
2: (laughs) But it wasn't really unpredictable, except there at the end, you don't really know who's going to do well, Phoenix, and then all of a sudden with the rules package the way it is with the high downforce, low horsepower package, if you're out front, you're out front. Chase Elliott did what he needed to do and won. Good on him. But there was really no unpredictability throughout the season.
1: Yeah. I agree.
2: We had a lot of drivers win races. You had Alex Bowman win, you had Kozlowski win, Logano win, Laney win, Austin Dillon won. You had a lot of drivers win races. But nobody talked about them. Everybody was talking about Hamlin and Harvick. And then Enter and Chase won five races of the season. Great job on him. And won the championship. It wasn't unpredictable. You know you what that
1: kind of sounds like when you say that everybody was just talking about Hamlin and Harvick? It kind of reminds me of like last season. I think it was last season with the Xfinity Series where they are just talking about the three.
2: Yeah, the power three.
1: That was it. That was. Uh, it three. seemed like any race that you would watch last season in the Xfinity Series, it was always just about the three.
2: No, you make a good point there, man. And
1: that's... And I got really tired of that really quick. But, I mean, that's for another day. But, I mean, when you talk about that, that's what I compare it to. It was almost like last year at Xfinity. It was just the three. The three, the three, the three.
2: Yep. And, and even Hamlin or even, sorry, Chase wasn't even a factor in there to yeah. me. It was all Hamlin and Harvick. And mm-hmm. I thought those were going to be the guys going down to the wire at Phoenix for the win at the championship. And that didn't come to pass due to Martinsville and the format and the way we are in right now. But overall unpredictability for me is a five. And based on what your reaction was to me reading that, I take it yours is a five as well.
1: Yeah, I, I almost rated it a little lower, but I went and kind of thought about other things and, like, you know, the fact that we had other winners, but, you know, and then, of course, towards the end when Harvick didn't make it and things like that, and I was like, man, I, don't, I can't really rate it too low because that would just be – I feel like that would be wrong. <laughs> I don't want to go against right. everybody, but – yeah, I would say five. It just, like you said, and I, I said it for, I guess, for the longest time in some of the episodes is that anytime we'd ever come back after a race and we would go over it on the next episode and we just talk about rating, and I'd just be like, ah, eh, it was, it was all right. It was okay. I mean, there was yeah. just nothing, there wasn't, like you said, Kevin Harvey and Danny Hamill were dominating a lot. And the the way the rules package sits, it's just not, I don't know. I don't really find it unpredictable. Yeah, it doesn't and, really foster... And you know, I I don't want to go against and say, you know, oh, I don't like to see Kevin Harvick win a lot, or Denny Hamlin, but it's just it's just not there. Right. You know, So... No, I hear you. 100%. I give it a 5. So, hey. It just, like you said, <laughs> man, when you brought that whole thing up about all the people were talking about was Hamlin and Harvick, even though we had other winners. I was just like, man, it's just like Xfinity Series all over again last year. Just, wow. No,
2: I hear you, man. There are yeah. other
1: drivers out there that we can talk about, but... We're just focused on these two and three guys that are just winning all the time.
2: Yeah, kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it?
1: Hmm. I mean, to
2: me, it, <laughs> it kind of sounds a little familiar, like <laughs> what what's going on there. But that's a topic for another, for maybe next week's episode. Yeah. We're going from unpredictability to competitiveness. Now, competitiveness for me, Talladega and Tate owner both were both the most competitive tracks. On the series, on the circuit this season, they ran two races each, and the reason why they are competitive to me is because it is the great equalizer: tapered spacer racing, restrictor plate racing, whichever you want to call it.
1: I still call it restrictor plate racing.
2: Old school driver, old school fans normally do. Old school drivers normally do. Newer fans will call it tapered spacer racing or super speed racing, whatever you want to call it. Either way, Daytona and Talladega. Two races apiece in the, series, in the season on the Oval. I know Daytona had the road course, but that was totally different. It was the most competitive races for me. Pack racing, excitement, the whole, the whole shebang right there in, in one race, in my opinion. You go into the short in, tracks and the intermediate tracks, such as the Charlottes and Texas the Bristols, the Martinsvilles, and this kind of touched on memorability. The competitiveness wasn't there. For me, it wasn't. The season really was dominated by Kevin and Harvick. We talked about this, talking about the unpredictability. So the competitiveness for me overall, just to break it down here real quick, we're not going to harp on Harvick and Hanlon again, was overall a five for me. And and I think that's being a bit gracious, but I'm going to throw it over to you. Competitiveness for I, yeah, the 2020 NASCAR
1: season. I was a little bit more uh, gracious on it. I gave it a six. Okay. Uh, I tried to you know I tried to look through, but you know, talking competitiveness. I mean, you're you're totally right, and I'm sure everybody that listens would agree that between Talladega and Daytona, I mean, that's.
2: Those are the two most. Those are yeah. the two most anticipated tracks we go to yeah. every year.
1: And I also look at trying to look at competitiveness, competitiveness. Excuse me, in terms of, I mean, even when we went to Bristol for the All Star Race, like there wasn't really much there going on. I mean, was- I know it's not a points paying event, but still, I would have thought that maybe, just maybe, there was gonna even though we didn't really see a whole lot going on in short tracks to begin with, I was hoping that maybe the all Race would be a little bit different.
2: No, I hear you. And 100% it was not. 100 I hear you.
1: So it was, I, I'm i really, I feel like I was really being, I thought I wasn't going to be too gracious. I thought competitiveness rating it at a six was going to be a little bit low, but wow, hearing yours at a five, now I kind of, okay, I, I feel okay about it then.
2: <laughs> no, I totally hear you, man. So uh, competitiveness is six for you. That's being gracious, but yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had to be a little bit gracious.
2: I'm right there in the middle there. Competitiveness of five. Then we get to our final one, intensity. And to me, intensity means you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I brought them up before. Talladega, Daytona, and the playoffs were the most intense parts of the 2020 NASCAR season. Daytona and Talladega, we just covered. Super Speedway racing, pack racing, anything goes. Anybody has a chance to win, be there at the end. Bad call or not, at the end, and if you want to go back and listen to an episode called Bad Call, NASCAR's Blown Call, and you'll see why we didn't think that was a highly rated race.
1: That was the Talladega one, That was the there? Talladega yeah. one
2: where I feel the Benedetto got one stolen from him.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. You definitely need to go back and listen to that one.
2: The playoffs were intense for somewhat. I was at the first playoff race there at Darlington. And the first cutoff race at Bristol. I was hoping for more. First of all, it was great being back at the racetrack. I, couldn't, I wouldn't have been anywhere else in the world if I had to. If I didn't have to. So it was great being back at the racetrack. But what I will say is that, it, what, especially Bristol, wasn't the exact Bristol that I was hoping for it being a cutoff race, and this is what NASCAR was planning for, being a cutoff race at Bristol Motor Speedway. You're hoping for that beating and banging. People want to buy their tickets for the 2021 race right then and there. That didn't happen, and now they're resorting to putting dirt on an oval pavement track in order to bring fans and fill them into the seats. To me, that shouldn't be the way NASCAR does it. That shouldn't be the way Bristol does it. I think they they're going about this all wrong in order to make races more intense. Again, they're not doing it organically. They're doing it in a way that it facilitates, let's make this a wrestling event. Let's throw in a steel cage. Yeah. That will make it more fun and entertaining for the fans. And for that, intensity for the 2020 NASCAR season is a five. Middle of the road again. Throw it over to Preston. How would you rate the intensity for the 2020 NASCAR season?
1: Right there, four. That's it. Okay. I, You know, you pretty much touch on everything that I've thought of too. And like you, I mean, I'll even harp on it again. Like you said, with Bristol being the cutoff race, people intensity, you want people on the edge of their seats. And you want, if you're NASCAR, you want them to, Man, I want to buy my tickets for next next time around. You know, I remember <laughs> when Uh, Kevin Harvick at Darlington when he tried to knock Kyle Bush in the, the head through the window. And that was on the, tar- that was on the ticket for the next year <laughs> that picture in the background. And that's what you look for. That's what you want. And it's not, it doesn't come down to it. Intensity doesn't come down to if the, you know, the leaders are beating and banging, but it's just the passion in general throughout the whole field. You know, uh, Heck, we can go back to, like, Charlotte a couple years ago, I think it was, when Denny Hamlin was, uh, I think he he was trying to write Keselowski at the end of the race, and then Keslowski oh, yeah. was...
2: <laughs> I think that was the All-Star race, wasn't it?
1: I, no, I don't think it was the All-Star race. I think it was a regular race, but it was, <laughs> I mean, Keslowski was beating and banging, and tearing up through the garage area, which was funny. And then Kenseth came in and was putting Keselowski in a headlock. And that was good, NASCAR. And, you know, was that the same year that Jeff Gordon tried to put Keselowski in? No, I want to say
2: that that year was 2014, I think, at Texas.
1: Yeah, it might have been the year before. But, I mean, that's to me, intensity isn't just the leaders battling it out, but it's the overall passion, everybody. And we just, I don't know, maybe I just didn't see that this year. I don't know, maybe that's just me. I didn't see a whole lot of that. And I guess between Denny Hamlin and I uh, say it again, between Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick winning so much, I just think there was just wasn't there. I don't think any intensity whatsoever. And I can tie intensity into the championship again. Yeah. Phoenix. I watched that entire race and I was not, was yay, not on the edge yay, of my seat.
2: Yay. Elliot won. Okay. Well, I mean, good
1: like I said, good for Chase Elliott winning, but it just wasn't, like, it was just weird that even though he got a penalty and he had to start the back, he still the other three that are starting at the front. If he wouldn't have had the penalty, it would have been all four of them. And they were all still up front. Chase yeah. Elliott, once he got there, it was like the top four was just them. What's the point in throwing everybody else on the track if it's just them at the front the entire time? So No,
2: I hear you, man, 100%. It just, we,
1: we talked about it. We thought Kevin Harvick was going to be a factor. Maybe Martin Truex Jr. would go out there and win. No, it wasn't intensity. It was just... Those four, and then it kind of got Chase Elliott got out there, and Keselowski wasn't going to catch him, and I don't know. Intensity, like you said, Daytona and Talladega, that's about it.
2: That's about it. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more, and that's why I rated it the way I did. But overall, rating of twenty twenty, Preston, I started it off, but I'm going to start off with you. The overall rating that you gave twenty twenty NASCAR season.
1: So the overall rating. Uh, that my came out to was just six. And I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. I think that seems about fair. I mean, I hate to ba- I hate to bag on the sport of NASCAR. I've been a fan of NASCAR almost practically since I was in diapers watching, even though I didn't know anything about it then. My parents were really big into it. And then my parents just kind of dropped off in recent years because it just hasn't been that. I mean, my dad even told me before, years down the road, he says, I don't really care too much for NASCAR anymore. It's just not that exciting anymore. Well, oh, there you go. So, <laughs> I mean, my parents used to be into it. We'd go to Darlington every year. We had the the season tickets, the same seats every single time. And it just, I think I'm okay with rating this season a six. Yes, it was cool that we got the whole season in. Kudos to NASCAR. Great job, but... I don't, I mean, if I could say six, I'd say a six, yay. And I would like, the fist would not go very far in the air. No, I, I,
2: <laughs> I totally understand, man. I couldn't agree with you more. Mine's <laughs> right there with you within the margin of error, I guess one would say. 6.2 for me, overall rating for 2020. And I couldn't agree with you more. The intensity, I feel like, was manufactured. It was unorganic it shouldn't have been like that it should be either it's a fun exciting race or it's not and if it's not it's okay we can work on it in the future but don't try to make it sound good when it isn't good you can't you know pick up a turd and polish it and say it's a whatever a a, i don't know (laughs) what analogy would be good with that but you can't take a turd put fishing hooks on it and say they're pearl earrings. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and you know, I I, I, I can't, you know, I know that we talked, I talked about, sorry, I know I talked about how I wasn't a fan of the commentary over the season, especially, like, with NBC. Like, I have no way bagging, trying to bag on the commentators. I think it's great. I think it's good to have former drivers in there to explain a little bit more, but it just seemed like they were – trying to make it sound exciting when it really wasn't.
2: No, you're absolutely right. And um, I would have to say that with that, look, 2020 is a year we're going to want to soon forget. It doesn't matter if you're a sports fan or a politician or a lot of a lot of factors, 2020 is a year you're going to want to forget. There's a, this year is a bust for everybody. I don't care who you are unless you had stock in – n95 mask and gloves and face shields then you're booming you're doing great yeah but man i was glad to go to the daytona 500 i'm glad i'm going again in 2021 you know with unhinged and gonna be doing that thing down there it's gonna be a lot of fun hope you can make it but after that after pandemic it was like tiptoeing no practice no qualifying we don't know what to expect we don't want to wreck the cars because we still got a championship to go win. And I felt like it was a lot of tiptoeing. And even the racing that was fun, I mean, the caution would come out and that's when the exciting stuff would happen. Okay, green, white, checkered. Let's see what happens. And that was the exciting part. It shouldn't be like that. No. We shouldn't have to depend and anticipate a caution coming out for a race to be interesting.
1: And that's what it seems like it's come down to lately. It yeah, just seems. It has. I mean,. It... I'll touch on it. We can go right back to the championship races with between the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series, Green White Checkers. Yep. And watching the Cup race, I was just like, I turned on the scanner, the official's radio, and I'm like, man, I just, I hate to say conspiracy theories, but I was like, man, I really feel like maybe they might bring out a caution to make this interesting because this has not been a very good race at all. No,
2: it hasn't been. And it's unfortunate that I rated it a 6.2, but it's it's okay. You know what? It's in the books. There's nothing I could do about it, so why even worry about it?
1: I thought what? that they were playing it up high, too, when we said with no practice, no qualifying, oh, what's it going to be like when they go into that first turn? And I was like, oh, man, this could be really exciting, and then it was not. No,
2: uh, every time they <laughs> made it through their finals, like, or except for Stenhouse. <laughs> During, like, what lap two at Darlington when they came back. <laughs> poor Stenhouse. Yeah,
1: poor guy. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> but man, that was
2: our, um, 2020 season review for NASCAR. And, um, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm happy. Maybe with we it. could ask
1: the fans what they think too. Maybe we have, we, we, we should, I think we should put a poll out there and just ask, yeah. what does everybody else think?
2: We'll, we'll ask uh, when this episode drops and we'll say on Twitter and Facebook, re-rated it this, what do you guys think?
1: I think we could say on a scale of one to 10, what do you think the season was overall? yeah i think we could do, i think that'd be fair enough
2: i think the average will be maybe around where we're at fives and sixes
1: i think it would be too
2: so but that'd be interesting to see what the rest of the marvel heads think but that was our year in review and now we're just going to go ahead and get into our final thoughts here on our on this episode um after these messages from unhind sports network if you're listening to us on that and uh, add a read from us and we'll be right back with our final thoughts All right, Preston, before we get into our next segment here, I wanted to tell you and everybody about our new discount code at teesprings.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. Thanksgiving's coming up. And what better time to celebrate the start of the holiday season by ordering yourself and whoever else is in your family that listens to In the Marbles, a In the Marbles hoodie, like the one I have on right now. It looks pretty good. It's we fixed a little stuff. There was a little craziness. You can't really see it, but hey, we fixed that. It's all updated there on teesprings.com forward slash stores, forward slash in the marbles. We also have fancy in the marbles iPhone cases and everything. And if you order between now and the end of November, you just discount the code TURKEY. Free shipping. Wow. Holiday shopping coming up, man. No better time than to head over to tspring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles to get yourself a hoodie, t-shirt, and prepare for next year's NASCAR season. What are, that's, a, that's a great deal. That is an awesome deal. <laughs> teesprings.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles for all your in the marbles needs. Check it out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. All right, final thoughts here, and I got a story for you, Preston. I got a story for you and everybody out there in, in the Marbles Nation on the Unhinged Sports Network and podcast platforms everywhere. After this great episode, we had a really good episode. I think it was one of our better ones. We're getting better. Yeah. I, I feel personally, I hope everybody else feels the same way there.
1: I think a lot of people, I'm telling you, I think when people hear this episode, they're going to – Kind of, they're gonna be like, hey, we kind of connect with these guys. that Are we know we know the struggles. We we yeah we
2: know it. We're no, we're by no means a part of the sport yet. I want to no. be a part of the sport yeah. in the way that you know maybe Papa Grasses, but better. You know, <laughs>
1: but, yeah, but better. There you go. So or we're like, not breaking it, it, it down to you know.
2: Yeah, I don't need to break this down, and I just want to break it down. This is my opinion. Yeah. If you like it, great. If not, well, this tell, is what we see the sport as. If you don't like my opinions, tell me why I'm wrong yes if uh, you like my opinions tell me why you agree yeah you know don't not? you know don't be the silent person saying oh i don't agree with him Just tell me man i don't mind it whatever yeah, i don't care sure. we live in america still
1: and then we could use it for a hey man segment maybe
2: yeah then we could use it for hey man <laughs> <we could> use <laughs> so- your comments for hey man but i got a story for you man so uh, my wife and i used to live in new york and we would go to this place you ever hear of k1 speed K1 speed, no. It's this indoor go-karting track. Oh, okay. And it's electric go-karts. And these things book, man. I mean, I'm, they, they go fast. I don't know what little motors they have in there, but they book, dude. It's great. And there's a little road course set up there at Poughkeepsie. And they have these polka dotted across the, the United States, like Charlotte, Poughkeepsie, I think one in Florida, Texas. They, I mean, there are not many of them, but they're there, and it's a lot of fun. So if you ever get a chance, go to a K1 Speed. And I got two stories about this, actually. So one, my wife and I first, when my wife and I first went there, we decided we were riding motorcycles at the time, and we had modular helmets, the, mo- the helmets that you flip up, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we also had these things called Senna Bluetooths. And what these Senna Bluetooths would do is just a communicator. Instead of pointing at your gas tank or objects in the road, you could say, hey, I need gas, or hey, I'm hungry, or hey, there's an object in the road, watch out for it. Instead of doing all these crazy things with the arms and feet, <laughs> playing charades, on, playing charades <laughs> on a motorcycle, exactly going sixty, <laughs> you're not going to win that. So we get there and we have the communicators on, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to beat you! I'm going to beat you!" It's like, okay, we'll see. These ones, I put the helmet on, I'm strapped in. It's, like,
1: yeah, you get it. that's it. You know, you're it's like, okay, track. I don't care who you
2: are, you're a competitor. Listen to Carding in Alabama because it explains it perfectly that's no longer my wife it's a competitor Mm -hmm. as sad as it is only for 30 minutes (laughs) we we get on the track and go and i'm doing pretty decently going around the track and having having a lot of fun having good good consistent laps but there were these bunch of kids on the track and they were they were the williams of the track that day
0: the back (laughs) markers they weren't going (laughs) fast at all
2: they weren't going fast at all and it was a lot of it was fun just weaving around them and trying to get around them and because they were trying to race you, but you take the inside line it's like, bye kid. Whatever. You were
1: the Lewis Hamilton. I was the
2: Lewis Hamilton that day. <laughs> well let's say Caroline was ass. <laughs> <laughs> let's say Caroline was ass. So then we we have these, you know, sin of things, and I'm talking to her and she says she starts saying, This kid's in my way. How do I get him out of my way? It's I said just give him a little nudge, you know. I'm telling her how to race. I'm like, well, just give him a little nudge, and he'll get out of the way. He'll be fine. And then I just hear boom, boom, two two sets of booms. But what it was was Caroline hit the kid. The kid hit the wall head on. <laughs> head on. I mean, just oh, smacked, no. she smacked. dumped him. <laughs> she she didn't dump him. She got into a braking zone and rear ended him. <laughs> <laughs> and so I hear these two sets of crashes, and one was reverberating through the indoor track and the other one was through my headset and i said what the heck was that and i said and she said oh he's out of the way <laughs> <laughs> and i thought it was so funny I was like, dad gum caroline i can't believe you did that
1: breaking so and she just yeah, she ran him over she
2: ran him over but then another story and the second one to this point, was at the same track, Poughkeepsie, K-1 speed. And it was in 2017 when Caroline graduated her physical therapy assistant school. And my aunt and mother-in-law, along with my Uncle John, Beamer on a Beamer, and my other Uncle Dudley were there. And my mother-in-law and aunt said, let's go antiquing. And the guys quickly said, that's not happening. I'm not going antiquing. Yeah. So we, I said... So I said, well, let's go to K1. It'll kill some time. Yeah, it's an hour away, but it'll kill some time, and we can just not go antiquing. And they said, okay, so we get there. My Uncle Dudley signs up, and now my uncle and I are the same way. Once we get competitive and we're racing, we're no longer family. We're competitors. And we signed (laughs) up for for three races. In the first race, we're just going at it, and I was in front of him, and I wouldn't let him pass me at all. My Uncle Dudley was there. And poor guy, he was trying to figure it out and he ping ponged or he, uh, oh, he got pin- pinballed <laughs> off the walls. Like he went do, 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 do off the walls. And I was laughing so hard, but then I had to quickly get out of my head because my uncle saw me slowing down and he bumped me. I was like, man, I got to get going. And at K1, it isn't about where you finish, it's about lap times. Yeah. So they try to spread you out to get the best lap times, but nobody listens to that. So the next race, my uncle, beat me. And I was like, okay, but there's a third race. And the third race was an intense one and it it was so much fun. And if you ever get a chance to go to K one, go to K one. You'll have a lot of fun. But that was my stories, man. I just wanted to share that with the world that K one speed is a lot of fun. You should go check it out.
1: That is, yeah, I I mean if I ever get a chance to, I probably definitely would. There used to be a um a little go indoor go kart track uh locally here. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, though, and it really bugs the crap out of me that I don't remember what it was because it used to be a stock car that was sitting out front. front. Uh, but Maples and I used to go to it when he was down here, living down here. We'd go to it quite a bit just for fun. And it was, I mean, it was a really, really small track, but it was, like, a lot of, like, drifting. Yeah. But they were still going pretty decently fast. And it was, I mean, we'd always have a lot of fun doing it. But uh, I miss the, miss the days. It's no longer there anymore. I can't remember what it was. I think it was Rush or something like that. But uh, it was pretty cool. And... I always like to do things like that when you get the opportunity to do that. And yeah, so, it, it
2: was a lot of fun. Go to K one speed. That I would is, love to.
1: I would love to try that. You know what? Do you, you don't know what the top speed of them the cars were. Were they? They weren't cool?
2: going that fast indoors. I'd say maybe thirty, forty miles for that's, as small as the track was. Every
1: that's so, and and yeah. the
2: loud concussion that that kid hit the wall at. They
1: were going pretty fast. That's a, that. Does <laughs> I'm just saying, Fast. So.
2: <laughs> All right. That was our stories, man. K1 Speed, not a sponsor yet here at In the Marbles, but maybe one day. You never know. Driver of the Week, favorite part of the show, and got uh, kind of one that probably no one's ever heard of, but he did, some interesting, he did quite a few interesting things in NASCAR throughout his time. Earl Ross. Earl Ross. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Earl Ross was the 1974 Rookie of the Year. Canadian-born driver. The only Canadian to ever win a NASCAR race. Wow. Ran 26 races over five years. His first race came in in the 1973 Daytona 500, and his last race coming in in 1976 Daytona 500. One and only win in NASCAR in the 1974 Old Dominion 500 at Martinsville. Earl Ross is your driver of the week this week on episode 61 of In the Marbles.
1: I like I like hearing drivers like that. And that's why we do it. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I've I mean,
2: never heard of him. It's cool to have a Jimmy Johnson on there and acknowledge his accomplishments in the sport. But Earl Ross, you never heard, I've never heard of Earl Ross no. until I do some research and dig it up. But I thought that was pretty interesting. And for this week in NASCAR, we go all the way back to November eighteenth, nineteen eighty four. Today, Hall of Famer Rick Hendrick holds a record for with thirteen premier series owner's championships but in 1984 it was his first year as a team owner and struggling to make it in nascar's top division in the final race of the season at riverside california road course in southern california hall of famer bobby allison appeared headed appeared to be heading for an easy victory but a blown tire with four laps to go knocked him out of contention allison's misfortune handed the race to Jeffrey Bodine's and his Hendrick-owned Chevrolet. Bodine's third victory of the season was worth three thirty-one thousand nine hundred dollars to the team and driver. And that was here this week in NASCAR. And I think pressing that is episode 61 wrapped up right there, man. With a bow on top. With a bow on top. And I and I have to say this. Uh, don't forget about our uh, store teesprings.com forward slash stores forward slash in tomorrow's from now through the end of. November enter our discount code Turkey for ten, for free shipping, free shipping. That's right. On all orders. And it's perfect for black Fridays coming up here. But Preston, do you have anything else before we wrap it up here on our 61st episode here?
1: I've got nothing else.
2: I want to thank, take this opportunity real quick to thank uh, unhin sports network. Jim was talked to him last night, really impressed with our show and what we're doing and really appreciate them for allowing us to be part of their network. And, part of an ever-growing network. It's a lot of fun, and can't wait for 2021, man, where we could bring in more race day unhinged and all that stuff, man. Yeah, I'm
1: definitely looking forward to it again.
2: But with that being said, man, since you have nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in to us this week on In The Marbles. Make sure to follow In The Marbles on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest world of all racing, even though most auto racing has been ended right now in 2020 We can't wait till 2021 so make sure to do that and for Preston Moon I'm Matt Beamer thank you again so much for listening this week stay safe and have a good rest of your week